You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 237 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? I believe it's April Fool's, but uh, no jokes planned at the moment. Uh, No jokes here. It's been an incredible week. An incredible week um, in in uh, the world of hockey, but also in the world of rocket sports, and we'll we'll tease that. And and no, this isn't a um, uh, an April Fool's joke. Um, I, I I don't know. I I just tire a little bit. How about yeah? <laughs> of uh, some of the the posts on Twitter that uh, that try to get people enticed uh, into some sort of of prank, but um, no, none none of that planned here. Yeah, no, not interested in that. And uh, honestly, I spent way too much time looking through a few this morning. Just, oh, yeah. uh, I regret it. I'd rather just move on. <laughs> all right, let's do <laughs> but, that. But uh, here on this episode, uh, we'll get you all up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week and some news from uh, the Habs prospects. In segment two, uh, we're going to have a big topic segment entitled Who is in Charge? Uh, we're going to take a look at Martin St. Louis, uh, Sean Verrill, and Keaton Primo just a little bit. And in segment three, it's the Have Your Say segment, uh, and we'll get you all up to date on everything that you had to say. So, Rick, uh, if people are interested in interacting with us here on the podcast, uh, what is the best way for them to reach out? Well, the first step is to subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast, and we're going to remind you a couple of times uh, today um, about how you can do that. But uh, whatever player you're listening to us on, make sure that you subscribe or your favorite podcast app. Um, but reaching out to us is is easy. Um, you can reach out to us. We have a special Rocket Sports text number that's been set up uh, for you and that, that our listeners are... Um, anxious to, to use. They use it all the time. It is 5853-ROCKET. Easy to remember, 5853-ROCKET. And we have a, an email address if you have a little bit more to say. It's hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Uh, you can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can check us out at CanadiansConnection.com. So this past week, uh, the Montreal Canadiens played four games. Uh, if we want to go all the way back to last Saturday, March the 25th, uh, Montreal just absolutely lit things up against Columbus at home, winning 8-2. to two. Uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard gets that hat trick, and uh, wow, they, they made that home crowd sure uh, very happy. <laughs> It was a fun game. It was, um, yeah, as as Marty St. Louis uh, described it, a good show. It was a good show for the home fans. Um, you almost wish that that the Canadians had a cannon, a little bit of payback there. <laughs> uh, but it was it was a fun night, and and uh, um, for especially the young players on the Canadians. A uh, couple days uh, to rest in between, uh, but on March the 27th, Montreal heads over to Buffalo and they win 4-3 to three in the shootout. Uh, Habs pretty much went toe-to-toe uh, with the Sabres throughout this game, but uh, goes all the way to the shootout and Michael Pozzetta gets the shootout winner. Um, uh, interesting shootout choices in this one. Uh, it's, it went a few rounds, actually. Uh, you had uh, Suzuki, Drew, and Matheson as uh, the first three. None of them converted. Uh, Yesa Ulanen was up next. He got a goal. Uh, after that, Kovacevic did not score. And then it was Michael Pozzetta that ended things. Uh, and uh, it seemed like uh, he took a page out of Ty Domi's book with that celebration, <laughs> didn't he? Uh, Tiger Williams, uh, too. Um, and uh, I, 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 I kind of missing in, in this or... or um, under the radar was Yessa Ulanen, um, who there was a lot of pressure to keep uh, the Canadians in uh, that shootout, and he scored um, an ice goal. And then, as you said, with uh, Pizzetto, who who uh, took full advantage and enjoyed it uh, to the absolute fullest. Um, you know, I know that that um, Marty St. Louis said that they're going to be competitive. They're going to always be trying to win. This, I think, he had a little fun with his choices here. And it was a back-to-back, so Montreal head over to Philadelphia the next day on the 28th. Uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard scores again. You can't stop this guy from scoring. Uh, the debut of Sean Farrell, uh, Caden Primo gets called up and makes a start. Bit of a slow game, but uh, certainly no lack of storylines in this one. We'll circle back to everything that went down in this game a little bit later. Yeah, we'll we'll just hold on this, and, and we'll get back to it for sure. Uh, but... Uh, Probably uh, the most unfortunate game of the week uh, happened on March the 30th. Florida comes to Montreal and they win 5-2. to two. Uh, Less scoring than the last game, that's for sure, but uh, Florida just seems to know how to break open Montreal. Uh, Sean Farrell scores his first uh, ever NHL goal uh, just a little bit over a minute into this one, so you have to feel very happy for him. Uh, on the other end, uh, f- for Florida, Matthew Kachuk gets a hat trick and... Uh, very good game in net uh, by Alex Lyon as well. Yeah, it was. Um, and 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 what is it with Florida? Uh, and and how do they have the Canadians' number? And and they may uh, make the playoffs based uh, on their wins against uh, Montreal. But um, yeah, it was nice to see uh, Sean Farrell um, in the lineup and the excitement um, that his line mates had uh, when he scored that first goal. Jake Evans and Brendan Gallagher were the happiest people in the rink. Um, they they enthusiastically celebrated. Um, and then Farrell even getting a, a bump up to the, the top line in the third period. So make sure you check out all the comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at HabsHockeyReport.com.
Did Canadian. you say HabsHockeyReport.com? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. I think we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, nice little teaser for you. Uh, for now, uh, the Canadians record currently 30, 40, and 6. That's 66 points, 28th in the NHL. And now's when we start looking forward. Uh, six games left. Um, the Canadians have three what you'd call tough games against Carolina, Toronto, and Boston, and three um, less less uh, tough games against Washington, Detroit, and the New York Islanders. Um, but it's, you know, I think that some fans will say, is, is there anything left? Is there anything left to watch? Well, sure. We saw Caden Primo. We saw Sean Farrell. Um, and we'll see how they, how uh, Sean Farrell um, continues in the lineup. Um, but there's a game on the 13th, the final game of the season. We've talked about this before, um, about the Boston Bruins and their pursuit of the Montreal Canadiens record, um, the 76-77 record um, for the Montreal Canadiens, 132 points. It's in sight um, for the the Boston Bruins. Uh, They're on a pace. And as our dear friend Ben, used to be part of the Rocket Sports team, uh, he reached out to us and said, uh, keep an eye on that game because this could be the most important game of the season because could the Montreal Canadiens be in the position um, to to get in the way of of Boston's uh, pursuit of that record? May come down to that, may not. It it it'll be really interesting if it does. Yeah. So funny how things end up like that. Uh, Montreal potentially defending their record on that day. So circle the calendar, and uh, we'll make sure we keep you up to date with everything happening on the, that regard. We have some uh, updates for roster news. Uh, right now, Kirby Doc uh, will be sidelined for a minimum of one week with an upper body injury. Uh, kind of a shame because when he came back uh, from his previous injury, he had a huge impact on this team. Absolutely. A, an instant impact. Um, one game on the wing, but once he got back to center, um, he was making a difference uh, just back a short time from the previous injury and, and now out again. That's really unfortunate. Uh, Yoel Armia wore a regular practice, uh, regular jersey during practice. Uh, looks like he'll be in the lineup for Saturday night's game on April the 1st. And uh, Raphael Harvey Pernard will be sitting out uh, nursing some minor injuries. And uh, David Savard won't yet be back in the lineup. He'll, uh, he'll be on the sidelines as well with an injury. Uh, the Canadians recalled goaltender Caden Primo from the Laval Rocket on Monday. He made a start against the Flyers. Uh, he was sent back down uh, to Laval just after that. Um, this was a this was great move for Caden Primo. It was a bit awkward um, in that um, had to fly from Winnipeg to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia to Rockford uh, to be back to the Laval. Um, uh, for Friday night, their Friday night game. Um, and, but I, obviously the reason was to have him uh, there for um, uh, where, where he, well, a building that he, his, he and his family are very, very familiar with. Um, and it was a, a nice touch. Got the chance to, to see how he'd perform. He'd only been in one other game in a mop-up role uh, in January uh, when uh, Montembeau was pulled. Um so it was nice to have him there. Now, um, I, I think that we can focus on the fact that 
um, gave up a couple of goals and, 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 um, the stat line looks pretty good for him. Um, you know that I always like to look at not only the goals that were allowed, but the saves and how they make the saves. And, and I thought he was a bit scrambly as he has been in, in Lavella, a bit scrambly. His positioning was, um, he was struggling with, there was, he, there was a lot of help, uh, with his defense, um, uh, pairing in front of him, his posts. Kovacevic made a, a goal line save uh, himself. Uh, there's some block shots in front. So um, I think it was, uh, you know, maybe maybe the Canadians uh, got a sense of, of how he could perform in Philadelphia when the conditions were absolutely perfect uh, for Primo. Um, you know, it, it was a, a place where he felt comfortable, the Flyers aren't going anywhere. Uh, they weren't going to, um, you know, light him up. And um, it, it was it was a, a good game to bring him into, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't think Caden Primo necessarily played bad in that one. No. But uh, certainly not, uh, I, I don't think, an NHL goaltender type effort, if I'm being completely honest. And uh, once again, we'll uh, definitely circle back uh, and talk a little bit about Caden uh, Primo coming up in segment two. Uh, the Canadians signed forward Sean Farrell to a three-year entry-level contract. Uh, right now, two games under his belt, and uh, he's got his first NHL goal. Boy, he looked good. Um, he looked great. He really looked good. And uh, the the first game he was into, he got into without uh, he had a video session ahead of it. Um, his his uh, speed was his skating was was very good. Um, his positioning was good. His, um, you know, he was in on the four check and gave a second effort on the four check. Um, he came back and, and, uh, played responsibly defense on the defense side of the game. Um, you know, he's a smaller, smaller player and he's going to have to learn how to be a smaller player in the NHL much as, as, uh, Cole Caulfield had to learn that lesson. Um, you know, there were some battles he won. There were some battles he lost. Um, he had a, a pretty stiff hit from Nicholas Delorier, uh, which he said afterwards hasn't felt a hit like that before in the NCAA. <laughs> um, but I, you know, you could see how how creative he is. Um, his vision um, is off the charts. Um, Jake Evans said it was an incredible pass. Almost found him backdoor uh, in that game. Um, I, I just thought this, this was, uh, his, his first game was, was a real nice start. Uh, and you could see the, the talent level there. Yeah. It really didn't take him long to get promoted up to that, uh, top line. Uh, I thought he had a great, uh, NCAA campaign, uh, earlier this season with the Harvard. So no surprises, uh, to see him get a uh, shot at the NHL. And, uh, I hope, uh, we get to continue to see him as, uh, the remainder of the season goes by. And I know that because of his size, a lot of people are comparing him to Caulfield. I think they're different players. I think they can they are both offensive players, but they contribute in different ways. Um, Sean Farrell doesn't have the shot or the release that Cole Caulfield has. It's a good one, but it's not it's not that elite level that Cole Caulfield has. What uh, Sean Farrell has, I mentioned vision, his ability to be creative and manufacture scoring chances out of out of nothing. Um, and, and with that creativity um, and shiftiness, he's able to make space for himself. And, and um, I thought he showed that. 
I, he has a lot to learn, and he's only going to learn by doing and, and being out there and being in the lineup for uh, the remainder of, of the games going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Canadians signed goaltender Jakob Dobis to a two-year entry-level contract. Uh, his season with Ohio came to an end, uh, and um, looking forward to seeing uh, what his pr- first pro starts ends up being. Uh, right now, he's reporting to Laval. Uh, I'm pretty uh, excited about Dobis. I don't think that uh, he's somebody that's very, very highly touted, but uh, he still has a lot of that uh, potential. Uh, perhaps more of a, a project-type goalie that'll need uh, some time to develop. We don't know um, what what's going to happen with him. Just 21 years old. Um, he was a, a fifth-round pick by the Canadians in 2020. But we've always mentioned him um, and, and how well he's played. Um, he came to North America, uh, played with uh, Omaha in, in the USHL, um, and then for the last couple seasons has been with Ohio State. And he's had a terrific uh, uh, season. Um, 918 save percentage, 231 goals against. Um, and he's just got a real good attitude. Um, he's, he's real casual. He's a real team first kind of player. He's, um, was very, uh, appreciative of, of the opportunity he had when he came to, to North America. And, um, I, I just, I, you know, you never know what's going to happen, uh, but I I like that the Canadians are giving him this opportunity, and and we'll see how many games that um, he manages to get into. Um, but it's it's I I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring uh, to the the Laval lineup. Um, I'm just going to read what he posted to uh, his Instagram account, and and there's a picture of him signing uh, the Canadians contract. Um, he says, six years ago, I came to America to follow my dream. I arrived in St. Louis with the hopes that I could get a chance and develop as a hockey player. I'm so grateful to have been able to live in this country and meet so many great people that helped me along my journey. I will forever be a Buckeye and honored to be part of the Ohio State University community. Thank you, and as always, go Bucks. Lastly, I'm excited to sign my first NHL contract with the Montreal Canadiens. I can't wait to see what the future will bring. And as always, I will give it my all. Merci. Um, he's just uh, just a genuinely nice uh, kid, and um, it's the fans are going to gravitate to him. I'm sure in Laval, and eventually, and well, well, I won't say eventually. We'll see if he uh, then takes the next step to Montreal. Yeah, seems like a really good kid, and uh, looking forward to seeing what this goalie can develop into. Raphael Harvey Pinard is uh, the Molson Cup recipient uh, for the month of March. He was named first star uh, after getting a hat trick against Columbus this past week. So I guess big congratulations to uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard. Uh, since getting called up, he's just been scoring like a madman. And uh, he won't be in the, the lineup, as we mentioned earlier. He won't be in the lineup uh, uh, Saturday night against Carolina, but he will uh, be part of the pregame ceremony. Uh, accepting the Molson, Molson Cup for March. Uh, so now we'll get to our winners and losers for this week. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. I'll start things off uh, with losers. So here on uh, winners and losers, uh, we pick, uh, well, at least one winner and one loser for the past week. Uh, we're not limiting this just to Montreal Canadiens. I think anything really hockey or sports related, uh, we'll uh, take a look at. 
And I have two losers for this week. And uh, Rick, I know uh, you didn't end up picking any losers, uh, but you picked a whole bunch of winners. <laughs> so I'll start things Go off. Ahead. My two losers, Cam Talbot and Jakob Markstrom. Uh, so I'll start with Talbot here. Uh, he just came back uh, from injury, uh, played a game against the Philadelphia Flyers for the Ottawa Senators, still trying to see if they can make a playoff push. He gets scored on four times on 11 shots. Ooh. So that's uh, just uh, embarrassing effort by uh, the veteran goalie. Luckily, Ottawa did come back and uh, win this game 5-4 to four in overtime. But uh, yeah, just a, a bit of a mess there. Uh, I know that uh, sometimes with goalies, it can be hard uh, to stay in the game when you're not getting a ton of shots. But uh, like I said, four goals against 11 shots. That, that's just not going to do it. Yikes. And uh, kind of similarly for uh, Jacob Markstrom, four goals against on 20 shots against Vancouver. So uh, the Calgary Flames, kind of a similar position where they're still trying to push for the playoffs. Every game matters. Uh, it, almost every game is do or die. And against uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who have not had a great season, getting scored on uh, four goals on 20 shots. Mm. I think at one point it was four goals against on fewer than 15 shots. Uh, he made a few saves. Uh, just before the end of the third period there. And again, luckily the flames did bring things to overtime and uh, they won five to four again. So uh, a couple of disappointing efforts from, from some uh, very good veteran goalies. Well, good choices. Um, and, and we've, we've seen in the past when, when we've chosen losers that it's motivated them uh, to do better <laughs> in the upcoming week. I noticed that, that, uh, we're a little goaltender heavy on the winners and losers this week. Yeah, that might be on me because my first, <laughs> well, my winner for this week is another goaltender, and I know you have one coming up as well. But uh, I went with Alex Lyon uh, for the Florida Panthers as my winner for the week. Uh, he's their third string goalie, an AHL veteran. Uh, kind of just thrown into some unfortunate circumstances uh, with Spencer Knight being away from the team, uh, Bobrovsky having some injury problems. He got into two very important games. It's do or die for the Florida Panthers right now, and uh, he won both of them uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs and, unfortunately, against the Montreal Canadiens as well. Uh, against the Leafs, he made 40 saves, uh, looked like a Vesna candidate. So huge effort by Alex Lyon, a uh, really good story for him. Uh, he's a goaltender, uh, again, be probably best suited for the AHL, only really uh, getting starts due to some unfortunate circumstances there in Florida and uh, helping to keep them alive as we approach the playoffs. Yeah, he has a record of 5-3-1, a winning record in, in the NHL, a, a very good record um, with Charlotte in the AHL, and got to know um, Alex a little bit when he uh, was covering the AHL and, and uh, when he was playing for Lehigh Valley. And he's just a genuinely, um, he's very smart, he's very intellectual, um, and uh, and a very nice guy. So it's good to see him get the success because uh, he wor he's worked very hard for it. And uh, I believe you also selected a goalie as one of your winners for this week, didn't you, Rick? I did, and and it's a goalie from Montreal, um, and uh, but doesn't play for the Canadians on the Buffalo Oof. Sabers. Uh, Devin Levi uh, signed an, his ELC, uh, practiced with the team for a bit, and then got his first uh, NHL uh, start. And in his debut, a 31 save effort, a 31 save win overtime win uh, against the the red hot new york rangers so 
Um, good on Devin Levi, um, and uh, he's going to be a good one. Watch watch for him with uh, with the Buffalo Sabers. Um, I have a couple more because uh, I was just all <laughs> about the love this this week. Uh, Emil Heineman, um, he. He's been mentioned uh, many times on our podcast this year. We know that he was uh, playing in Europe. And um, when Denis Gurionov was, was signed, I said, you know, that what, what I don't like about that move is if he's then re-signed and blocks the way of um, a number of, pro- of, of Canadians' own prospects. Uh, and, and one in particular I was thinking about was Emil Heinemann. He's been dynamite since he's been added to uh, the Laval uh, lineup. He has five goals in five games, um, and he's a big part of the reason why they've had a resurgence and a really good week. Um, he's been great. Um, yes, uh, uh, I, I mentioned Ulanen earlier um, uh, and his, his shootout um, uh, effort. Um, but he's got five points in his last five games, seven points in his last eight games. Um, he is so uh, humble um, and 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 so quiet and and under the radar um, that I think we need to promote him because um, he really looks good. He looks like an NHLer. I don't see him uh, being the uh, a player who's um, can learn anything more at the AHL level. Um, I'm, I'm pretty high on this per this player and I think he's been playing great, uh, since he's been, uh, called up from Lavelle. Um, and the last one, uh, that I have is not a Montreal Canadian, uh, but there's a Canadian's connection. Yes. I said Canadian's connection. Uh Oh, um, and it was, um, before the game in Philadelphia, um, Sean Farrell, uh, got a special delivery uh, before his uh, first game, um, from a fellow Massachusetts uh, native, and it was a signed stick from uh, Flyers forward Kevin Hayes, um, and it said, "Congratulations!" Uh, he signed it on the blade. Congratulations for making the NHL. Uh, here's to a lot more games. Um, the The story is that that they work out together in the off season. Um, and Hayes has always been a good mentor for Sean Farrell uh, from the same area. And I just thought, unbelievable. What a classy gesture um, by an opposition player uh, to do something like that, to, to um, memorialize uh, Sean Farrell's game. And I think he was, Sean was, was really touched by, by the gesture. Yeah, I was uh, a little bit skeptical when you said Kevin Hayes, but you know what? You convinced me. That is a pretty good winner for this <laughs> week. I do like that story quite a bit. Uh, in terms of uh, Devin Levi, uh, really high-profile debut. There was a ton of coverage on this, uh, and he he played very well, a lot better than I was expecting against a very good Rangers team with uh, a lot of uh, talent up front in their forwards. Uh, there's some interesting uh, clips of him, uh, I guess, meditating during uh, the TV <laughs> breaks and stuff. That was kind of fun to see. Uh, very focused, determined uh, kid there. So i uh, excited to see how his uh, career pans out. And uh, the the two uh, Montreal Canadiens you mentioned, uh, very good weeks for both of them. Both of them look like they're going to have a, a spot on this Montreal Canadiens team going forward. So I uh, like all the picks there. And uh, now I think it's a good time to, our, to get to our Habs uh, prospect report. 
This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So we'll start things off uh, taking a look at the AHL, uh, the Laval Rocket, and then we'll move over to the CHL and NCAA just a little bit as well. Uh, three games this past week for the Rocket and three wins. That might be the first time I'm actually <laughs> seeing that this season. I'll have to go back and confirm. But uh, going all the way back to March 26th, Laval uh, goes into Manitoba. And it's a 4-1 to victory. Uh, Primo looked pretty decent in that one. And that was uh, the game just before he got uh, called up to the NHL. And the next game, uh, March the 28th, uh, in Manitoba, it's Kevin Poulin that returns to the lineup and uh, takes the net for Laval. And they win 6-3. to um, Heinemann gets two goals. And uh, is this, is this going to be a playoff push? What's going on? Uh, a few days later, March the 31st, uh, Laval goes uh, to Rockford, and they win 3-0. Primo's back. He gets a shutout. So uh, big congrats to Primo. Uh, quite the week for him. And uh, Laval seemed to just dominate that game pretty handily. And the significance of this is that all three wins came on the road. Um, the Laval Rocket have been an absolute Jekyll and Hyde team this season. Great at home, terrible on the road. Uh, these were important wins for them to get on the road, um, and uh, and and keeps them in in for the with hope of uh, a playoff spot, and um, and again I should say against a very good Manitoba uh, team, um, those are important wins uh, for them for sure. So the Rockets' record currently twenty eight twenty eight seven and three. That is twenty six in the AHL. A bit of a light week coming up for the Laval Rocket. Uh, They're going to head to Milwaukee on Saturday, April the 1st, and then they get a few days off in between that because their next game is not until April the 7th at home, and uh, the Cleveland Monsters are going to come to visit. That's likely to be a huge game because they're jockeying back and forth with Cleveland. Uh, They get to host them in their own barn, Laval does, and... and, uh, that could uh, be a very important game for their uh, playoff hopes. Uh, moving along to the CHL, uh, playoffs are underway in the CHL at the moment. Uh, there are quite a few Montreal Canadiens prospects involved. Uh, taking a look at the Q in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, uh, both uh, Riley Kidney for Gatineau and Joshua Waugh for Sherbrooke are competing in the playoffs right now. Uh, Sherbrooke and Gatineau were tied for first place in the queue, but uh, Sherbrooke had the tiebreaker pushing Gatineau down one spot. So I love to see the rivalry between uh, Kidney and Waugh, whether or not it's really intentional. And then over in the OHL, uh, you're going to have uh, Mishar in the playoffs, uh, Owen Beck. Uh, we're getting uh, Logan Mayu versus Cedric Gendon, and uh, of course, Vincennes Roar for the Ottawa 67s. Uh, Roar had two assists in the opening game of that uh, 67s game against uh, Oshawa. Uh, Owen Beck had an assist in in their first playoff game. Riley Kidney had an assist, and Joshua Waugh had a goal. Um, <clears throat> I should just mention uh, while we're talking about, well, I'll, I'll mention it in a minute when we when we look um, to the NCAA. So in the NCAA, we did have our Hobie Baker finalists. Uh, whittled down to three guys and the three are Logan Cooley, Matthew Knees, and Adam Fantilli. 
Uh, unfortunately, no Habs prospects included in that, but uh, certainly a great group of uh, prospects there, and uh, maybe a potential Hab and uh, Adam Fantilli. We'll uh, we'll wait and see on that <laughs> one, I guess. <laughs> well, that would be a tremendous pick. Uh, Logan Cooley, he was uh, um, in the running. We talked about him a lot last year. Um, and uh, Matthew Knees, uh, a prospect I like. He, he's a, a, a Canadian's, uh, sorry, a Toronto Maple Leafs uh, prospect. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Lane Hudson and, and, and Sean Farrell, remember, were part of that uh, top 10 group. Uh, they didn't make the top three, um, and, and that's okay. Um, um, Hudson had a, an unbelievable year. Uh, and he'll get to uh, another opportunity to do that again next season. And I'm sure will again be part of the um, Hobie Baker conversation. Uh, right now, the NCAA Hockey Championship uh, takes place uh, for next week. Uh, they're down to the Frozen Four. Uh, semifinals are going to be Michigan versus Quinnipiac and Minnesota versus Boston. Uh, do we have any Montreal Canadiens prospects involved in this one, Rick? We have uh, in that um, uh, Minnesota-Boston University uh, series um, that'll happen on the 6th, um, Lane Hudson and Luke Tuck uh, for Boston University uh, and Rhett Pitlick for Minnesota. So that means um, we're guaranteed to have a Habs prospect in uh, the Frozen Four final. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, and this, this isn't related to Division I NCAA, this is the USHL, um, but just because we've been so heavily focused on goaltenders uh, today, I thought I'd throw another one, uh, another name out, and that is Emmett Croto. Um, nobody talks about Emmett Croto, we do, um, and he was picked last year uh, by the Canadians, so he is a, a, a Gorton Hughes pick in the sixth round. Um, by the Canadians. Um, he plays uh, in the USHL with Waterloo, the Waterloo Blackhawks. He's set to play in Clarkson um, for Clarkson University in Division I NCAA next year. Um, he's playing in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, um, he, he made 41 saves, uh, but his Waterloo Blackhawks were beaten by the Lincoln Stars 4-3. to three. So... Um, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about goaltenders a lot more, but our next conversation is going to include a little bit more about Emmett Croto. So be sure to read all the content at ahl.report. Also listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone as that comes out every single Tuesday. Uh, last week was the 300th episode of the Press Zone, so you get Amy Johnson, wow. uh, Rick Stevens, and Patrick Williams there for the whole show. And uh, big congratulations to those three on that. Taking a look at hockey news from around the league, Marty Walsh was introduced as the NHLPA's newest executive director, taking over for fear. Uh, it sounds like he's going to start making the rounds with the media and uh, start meeting some of the players. Yeah, he said he was, uh, I don't know that he's met Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, uh, but he's going to m make those uh, those meetings. Uh, we've been talking about he he's coming. Uh, this was his first. It was Thursday, I believe, his first media session, um, his first introduction um, to the hockey community. Um, and uh, you know who's who is Marty Walsh? We've told you before uh, that he was Secretary of Labor. He left that position. He was former mayor of Boston, um, and. He, he covered a lot of issues in his opening news um, 
conference. Uh, the interesting one for me was kind of a, a reply to Gary Bettman. We remember at the GM meetings, Gary Bettman said, uh, raise the salary cap more than $1 million? Yeah, we, we'd be willing to do that as long as we get uh, additional escrow, um, <laughs> which was a coy kind of answer. Uh, Marty Walsh said, um, uh, yeah, we're interested in raising the salary cap too, but we're not open to changing escrows. So <laughs> Gary's had his, uh, uh, his answer to, to that little salvo. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a fun little, um, and, and we'll see how that relationship, um, goes forward. Of course, we know that Jeremy Jacobs was one of, of Marty Walsh's big political backers. So uh, we'll see how all of these connections and relationships work themselves out. Well, let's hope that uh, Gary Bettman has met his match. <laughs> we'll see what <laughs> happens. Uh, Elliot Friedman is reporting that several teams in the AHL are unhappy with the, the leadership of President Scott Housen. Uh, Drager has also reported that four to five NHL teams are pushing for Housen to be replaced. This is an interesting story. Scott Housen is relatively new. We remember that Dave Andrews was was the president of the AHL for 26 years, um, and he he managed with authority. Uh, he had a lot of respect, and and what he said was was law. Um, he he ruled with truly with an iron fist. Uh, Scott Housen came in, and he's a little bit more laid back, and 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 really. Um, he, when he arrived, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. And, and so the league has been kind of treading water and, and, um, it was difficult. The pandemic was difficult on, on all of us, on, on sports teams, on, on businesses, but especially the AHL teams. And they had extra things to deal with, um, like the taxi squads that didn't really help them out and close buildings and, and all of that. Um, of the 32 AHL teams, 21 are owned by NHL teams, 11 are independent. Um, and uh, so Scott Housen has, has come in, he's treaded water for a bit, and now he's starting to put his own stamp on the AHL. Um, meanwhile, there's a lot of NHL or AHL franchises that have been wanting changes. Uh, what changes, we don't know. Um but uh, they've been met with no's from Scott Housen. They were expecting that there would be a change, a change uh, from Dave Andrews to Scott Housen. Um, so at an executive committee meeting a week or so ago, um, Housen, uh, his, on the agenda was um, Housen's contract extension, um, and uh, they, he was given no commitment um, because there was this opposition and a number of independent um, uh, AHL franchises, as well as, as you mentioned, uh, there are some NHL uh, teams as well uh, that want him out. Uh, Gary Bettman uh, wants stability. He wants uh, to support Scott Housen, um, and, and, uh, and he sees Scott Housen as a good soldier during the, the pandemic, um, so this is, this is going to be a very interesting, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, um, even if you don't pay attention to the AHL, but because, uh, there's NHL influence, um, and because it's, it's the predominant development league of the NHL, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out, 
Um, and it's something that we'll uh, definitely keep an eye on. And continuing along the theme of Elliot Friedman, uh, Friedman uh, said that he believes the Jets and the Canadians have spoken about Pierre-Luc Dubois. And this seems to be the rumor that will just never die. I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen first. Pierre-Luc uh, Dubois rumors uh, dying or I, I don't know, pick anything else. But uh, we do have some audio coming uh, from Elliot Friedman talking about this as well. And I just wonder if we're we're seeing the end of this group. Um, you know, I think the Jets have talked to the Canadians on and off about Dubois. There's some way we know that Dubois is going to end up there 95%. Is there some way we make a deal so the Canadians get him earlier and we get something we want? I think they've talked about that, but they haven't been able to make the deal. This was a, a conversation about um, the Winnipeg Jets mostly, um, and the fact that um, yeah, that that things don't seem to be working out uh, with the the group of players that they have, um, and Elliot Freeman mentioned that Rick Bonus was brought in to um, to change the the, the structure uh, to be a bit of an authoritarian to challenge players, um, and and it hasn't been working out. Um, that um, maybe it's just a group of players that that aren't working uh, together very well. And that, that includes Mark Shifley and, and not only Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, and, and so Elliot Freeman is expecting big changes uh, that they're going to dismantle the team and, and try to rebuild it. Um, and, and for him to say that there is, uh, in his opinion, 95% chance... Uh, that Pierre-Luc Dubois is coming to Montreal um, is is astonishing, really. Um, and we talked about this extensively uh, because we had questions about it last week on our mailbag um, uh, episode. Uh, so be sure to go back and, and, and listen to that. Um, but this isn't as easy as we explained last week of the Canadians sitting and waiting um, for... Pierre-Luc Dubois to be a free agent uh, and then getting him for free because if he's going to be available, if if there's going to be um, um, an exchange of players uh, at the end of this season for the Winnipeg Jets, other teams are going to be part of, of that and they're not going to just let the Canadians have um, Pierre-Luc Dubois a year from now. Um, so as we, we said, uh, our reasoning last week that uh, it would probably make it makes sense for there to be a trade uh, this upcoming summer uh, if it was going to happen at all. And what um, Elliot Friedman is saying is that we were right. Yes, there has already been discussions uh, between uh, the Canadians um, and the Jets. Um, and and it, it, it's just not, um, his quote is, uh, they just haven't been able to make the deal yet. Um, so... This is, as you say, this continues to go on. Uh, this isn't the 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 general focus. There's other things going on in in Winnipeg that are uh, the focus there, but this won't die elsewhere, and certainly is something that uh, many Canadians fans are just salivating about. 
Yeah, uh, I, I talked a little bit last week. I, I don't know if I see the fit for Pierre-Luc Dubois on this team at the moment, but uh, it really just seems like these rumors are going to keep coming back and that uh, there does seem to be something to it. So uh, we'll we'll keep you all up to date on uh, if anything does uh, materialize out of this. And uh, we know uh, Kevin Shevel Dayoff is the king of what Kent Hughes tries to do. He's the king of posturing. He's not just going to give this player away. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but for now, I think uh, we'll take our first break here on the Canadians Connection and we'll hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic. It's entitled, Who is in Charge? So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Michael Spinella. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow on Twitter as well. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, just a little reminder here to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app wherever you get your podcasts. That way you never miss a single episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. So two players made, uh, well, gone to the lineup this past week. We had the debut of Sean Farrell against the Philadelphia Flyers. And also we got to see a look at Caden uh, Primo as he made the, the start in that game after being recalled from the Laval Rocket. Though... In uh, these two uh, debuts happened in different ways. These two additions to the lineup kind of exposed, uh, I guess, an ugly side of the hockey management uh, that I don't think we were really expecting to see. <laughs> and this has to do with uh, Martin St. Louis, uh, salty St. Louis, as I might <laughs> call him a little <laughs> bit. He did. He seemed very, uh, very unhappy. We know that Martin St. Louis is a very emotional coach. He's an, he's a very expressive coach. I, I think I've critiqued him before that he could use a little bit more media training because sometimes he'll say things or he'll react to things certain ways that I don't think are the most professional. If I can be completely honest, uh, I don't know what happened behind the scenes here or why, uh, Martin St. Louis uh, felt the need to do this, but uh, he did not seem very happy the other day 
when being when being asked about Sean Farrell. Uh, isn't that right, Rick? Yeah, it's um, it, it was very odd. Um, and and uh, the uh, our colleague Amy Johnson um, in her video post on YouTube. Um, went through the whole chronology of events, and uh, Sean Farrell was was signed um, on a, on Sunday. Marty St. Louis was asked about it. He said, uh, you know, about uh, Sean Farrell being in the lineup. He said, well, we'll see. Um, and then, um, you know, for for things to happen, Sean Farrell arrived, and and there was an expectation that everyone would. Um, for everyone to see him, why why wouldn't he be in the lineup if if you brought him in? Um, he didn't uh, uh, get into a practice, but he had a video session, um, and you would think that that all the the entire organization would be on uh, the same page. Marty St. Louis said, "This is the year of of the prospects. This is the year of development. Um, uh, this is the the year where we're not necessarily focused on." Uh, results. Um, and then for whatever reason, um, you know, you said uh, Salty St. Louis, which is is better. I just said, you know, he, he was just uh, pouty pants. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like your, yours better. Um, but uh, for him to be so unprofessional um, and be so dramatic and and rather than coming out and, and presenting a... Um, you know, a, a, a team first kind of guy where, yes, we're all united. We want to see this player, whatever his personal feelings were. And I can't imagine why he wouldn't want to see him in the lineup. But um, he seemed to really have his nose out of joint that Kent Hughes said, uh, no, I'd, I'd really like to see him in the lineup. Um, and and if there's any any doubt or, or any confusion Kent Hughes is his boss. Um, yeah. Kent Hughes, Kent Hughes has the authority to make this decision. Um, typically, typically a uh, general manager, um, you know, they they don't get involved in coaching decisions, but from time to time they do to do their position uh, to uh, perform their responsibilities. Um, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of times when GMs are engaged in um, nego- trade negotiations um, and the opposing GM said, I, I, I put that player in the lineup. I want to, I want to see him put him on the power play. I want to see him put him in on the penalty kill. I want to see him. And the general manager tells his coach, here's what we're going to do tonight with this particular player. And I'm not saying that that applies that those, that specific explanation applies here. All I'm saying is the general manager can make that decision. That's part of his job. He can decide about the lineup. They usually, out of deference, out of respect to the coach, they usually don't. But there are times when the general manager has to say, "You're gonna, we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do tonight." Um, and and the the coach has got to show respect for his boss and and say yes. Um, I, I may not agree, but but yes, if that's what we're doing, uh, all right, let's let's go out and 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 see this um, happen. Um, and it's the same thing that that Marty St. Louis um, or you know uh, uh, the power play specialist Burroughs might say something to the players that 
they may not agree with or they may not think is the best idea. Um, but that's their coach. That's their boss. He's telling me to do this. Um, so, you know, if, if Nick Suzuki goes, goes to the podium after the game and, and is asked, why in the world did you use that particular power play setup? Um, cause it failed miserably. Um, well, Nick Suzuki can't say, well, blame Burroughs. He's got a, you know, and, and as he has, he's, he's, he's smart enough. He's intelligent enough. He's, he's adult enough, um, to say, uh, yeah, we'll just have to work harder or, you know, um, you know, make it. And, and it would be a nothing issue, but Marty St. Louis chose to be, chose to be unprofessional and childish in, in this instance. And it really wasn't, um, it really wasn't a, a good look at all. Um, we're going to play the the clip. We might play it a second time because there's a lot in here, um, and and uh, but this first clip is is just pretty short, uh, and we'll explain it when, when on the other side. So this is part two. Um, it's a question for Kent. Is his answer in French? Uh, the question was, um, why did you choose today as, as Sean, uh, uh, for Sean Farrell getting in the lineup? He said, question for Kent. And, and the reporter said, you know, uh, kind of let's clarify. Let, let me ask it again. It's a question for Kent. Both times, a question for Kent. Um, y- you couldn't explain on your own that, uh, you know, we'd like to see him. He's, he's been signed to a contract. We want to get him in the lineup. We're excited to have him. Um, he's making his NHL debut. And, and more so than the words, it's a question for Kent, were his body language and his facial expression, which, if looks could kill, the glare that he gave was unbelievable. Um, and again, if if you want to see the the uh, the clip, go to our YouTube page, um, and uh, and watch the the video of it as well. Uh, and and uh, Amy Johnson explains it incredibly well. Yeah, you're right that the audio really does not do this justice. You get an idea of what's going on when you listen to this audio. But yeah, that video, that, that's the look I'll give my girlfriend if she takes the fry off my plate or something. It, <laughs> it does not look, he's not happy about this. And I'm not sure why. Uh, I'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go along. But it was really shocking to me that uh, Marty St. Louis just seemed so unhappy that Sean Farrell was going to be in, in the lineup. And we have a little bit more audio on this, uh, and some of this uh, pertains uh, to Caden Primo as well, who got into the lineup against the Flyers. He didn't seem as resistant to, to getting Caden uh, Primo into the games as he did uh, for Sean Farrell. But uh, yeah, just interesting uh, media availability here from uh, Martin St. Louis. I mean, I know the player, uh, uh, you know, obviously an offensive talent, dynamic player, uh, not a big guy, but, uh, you know, he's able to attack, you know, between checks and stuff. So, um, you know, he's done at every level and, uh, you know, this is a, a level that, you know, he's going to have to show that he can still do it. 
can it be good for your older guys to have younger energy, younger legs, a little extra excitement in the room? Yeah, I think we've had plenty of that this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Caden Primo, what went into having him be the goalie tonight? We want to, you know, we want to give an opportunity to see where he's at. Um, you know, he came up earlier this year, but hadn't played much hockey. Was injured. And I feel like uh, you know he's had some continuity in his in his uh, in his day to day in his games, and feel like he's in a good spot right now to really perform. He's from around here. Does that go into his decision? You know, I mean, I, I, whatever game was tonight, um, you know, obviously on the on the East Coast, you know, it, it probably uh, he would have got that game just based on just the schedule. Will Will Sam back up and yeah. after? Okay. And Kirby Doc's okay. Uh, yeah. Last night. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, yes, we don't, you can't see the video, but, uh, and, and again, it's the looks, it's the body language, uh, but you can hear there um, how unprofessional and what the disrespect that he has for that reporter. And, and let me uh, say that I know, uh, I know Adam, Adam Kimmelman, he's a beat reporter for uh, Philadelphia Flyers, and he writes for NHL.com. And he wrote that story that we talked about earlier uh, about Sean Farrell and um, Kevin Hayes. Um, Adam Kimmelman is, is a good reporter. And listen to the way he started that. A uh, lot of deference, a lot of, um, he was very apologetic. He had no reason to be apologetic. He can ask questions in English. But he said, listen, I'm sorry if you've already answered this. Uh, but I don't speak French, and and could you uh, can I ask you a couple questions? Um, and first of all, um, you know who was coming out of the lineup. the The answer was um, Marty Saint Louis said the answer without opening his mouth. His first answer was Tiernum. Who? Exactly. Who's Tiernum? And and Adam says, uh, you know, pardon. Um, and, and again, just spits out the answer, Tierney. Um, why? Why so hostile to, the, to this, this poor guy just trying to do his job asking reasonable questions? You'll notice, and, and I might play it again, but you'll notice that, that St. Louis is constantly cutting off. He's not letting the reporter finish his questions. He's constantly cutting him off. Um, he talked about... Um, bringing younger energy that, that having um, a young player from college uh, is going to bring excitement and going to bring some, some energy at the end of the season when, you know, it, and he didn't say this, but, but obviously we know that, that the Canadians don't have the playoffs. They don't have much to play for. So of course it's exciting to have one of your prime prospects um, in the lineup um, and the energy that it brings to, to other players. And again, St. Louis cut him off and said, uh, no, we've had plenty of that this season. Um, asked about Kirby Doc, he's fine. Um, and uh, he's okay. And, and um, uh, five minutes later, five minutes later after, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, um, the Canadians announced that Doc wouldn't play. Tierney was back in, that Doc wouldn't play and that, that Sean Farrell would play. Um, the business about Caden Primo, how um, is did you, was it important to get uh, Caden Primo in um, a game in Philadelphia? Uh, he's from here. Of uh, the the answer is of course, of course everybody knows that, and 
And St. Louis' explanation was silly. It was he he didn't want to agree with anything the reporters said, so he came up with an absolutely silly uh, excuse. Oh no, it was whatever game came up on the schedule on this date. <laughs> that would be the game. It's silly. It's silly. And yes, on the East Coast. On the East Coast, um, what did it matter? They were flying him from Winnipeg um, into Philadelphia and then back to, to, uh, for the game in Rockford. Um, so he was, it wouldn't have, if it was just uh, convenience, um, wouldn't it have made sense for uh, the game? The Canadians have three um, games at home next week. Uh, it would be easy to shuttle somebody back and forth between Laval and Montreal. Uh, of course, it had something to do with uh, where the where the match was being held and that Primo was from there. This whole thing, uh, again, I know that that uh, the majority of of our listeners um, really love um, uh, Marty St. Louis, and I I fully understand that they 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 love his energy, they love his his positive spirit, but it was missing here. And this was not, this was not a good look at all. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say, we're we're not at all going out of our way to try and put some slander towards Martin St. Louis. That's not the case. I I genuinely hope Marty St. Louis ends up being the most amazing coach in the world, but this was an ugly look. And I was talking to you a little bit about this beforehand, but it almost reminds me of, uh, the Daryl Sutter media availability after the debut of uh, Jacob Pelche and being asked about it, not saying anything that's worth anyone's time, just picking up the stat sheet, reading the line. And then that was it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's taking the focus away from what should be a very exciting moment for a very highly touted prospect and making it about yourself to an extent. And I don't, I'm happy that this didn't end up overshadowing the Sean Farrell debut. I, I think that this uh, media availability by Marty got a, a little bit lost in there. Some people were talking about it, but I, I'm I'm happy that it just it didn't overshadow what was a very exciting game for Sean Farrell. And uh, yeah, and I think it was, and for and, uh, the reasons we expressed earlier, um, he looked good, and it was the right, it was absolutely the right decision to have him. In the lineup, um, would you rather have? Would you go and pay dollars and and watch Sean Farrell or Alex Belzeal? I mean, Alex Belzeal was in that game, um, a veteran of 564 ECHL and AHL games. Um, he's played less than a tenth of that in, in the NHL. Here was an opportunity. Whether you took out uh, Tierney or or Belzeal, uh, if you had to, you didn't uh, because Doc was injured. Um, there, there was no reason for for Sean Farrell not to be in the lineup, and and listen, I know that people have been uh, twisting themselves into pretzels trying to defend uh, Marty on this. Uh, Michelle Terrian, if you're a fan of Michelle Terrian and and follow his logic, well, then you're probably not listening to this this show. Uh, but Michelle Terrian, he said. Uh, that the question uh, was uh, unprofessional and it was way out of line by the uh, journalists and that they should be sanctioned in some ways. They shouldn't be allowed to ask questions again, which is, is bizarre and dumb. Um, and, and others have said, oh, it's because of his standards and his integrity and building a culture. Um, what, what cultural norm did it violate 
the everyone was excited uh, to see Sean Farrell uh, in the lineup. Uh, the way the the players responded, they were genuinely excited, especially when he scored his his first NHL goal the the following night. Um, and listen, if if there has to be some sort of rite of passage, as Marty St. Louis put uh, Jordan Harris through, uh, you know, he had to sit in the press box for several games before he got in the lineup. Well, uh, Jeff Gordon was asked about that, and he said, we just didn't have the, the time to do that this year. We got fewer games when Sean joined us. We need to see him. We need to get him in the lineup. And that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for him to sit in the press box. And, and certainly, um, you know, even, even when Jordan Harris last year, when, when he was sat in the press box, um, you know, when he was signed, you know, when he was brought at the end of the season that he wanted to jump in the lineup right away. Why wouldn't you? And when he was asked about sitting in the press box, he very professionally, he didn't give his, you know, his, Oh, well, I was really hurt. And, and, he said, um, no, I can probably learn some things from looking up top. Was that the way you really felt? Probably not. But he was taking the team approach and saying, you know, I've got to listen to the coach and, um, and, and there's things that I can learn. And, and, and he, he was a bigger man uh, by saying that. And in this case, again, um, this is something that, that uh, um, Kent Hughes wanted. Marty St. Louis just needed to, to do that. It was going to happen anyway. Uh, you didn't need to go and make it so dramatic, publicly dramatic. And I've praised uh, Marty St. Louis um, on a number of things. Uh, remember the, the Jonathan Drouin thing? I, I think he, he um, mostly handled that right, except when he made it so public and made it so dramatic. And here he made all the focus on himself, uh, made this into an ego issue, and that's... You know, it's not just us saying this. The Canadians remove the segment uh, of the video. Normally, they post the the, the press conference, the media availability. Uh, they clipped, they edited it, uh, the video to take out the the Kent Hughes uh, portion. Um, so it's not just us; it's the Montreal Canadiens uh, that don't think this was a good look either. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because you look at what Sean Farrell is as a player. Uh, he's a smaller guy. He's a skilled forward. Um, that seems like that would be Marty St. Louis' MO. I would have yeah. thought that Marty would be super excited to have this player and be able to coach him and show him the ropes, but it, it really didn't feel like that. And the other thing about Marty that I, I've liked is that when players have been called up, he's not hesitated to put them in the lineup. Like, like you said, Alex Belzil's been in the lineup. Uh, he's given, giving chances to Yessa Ullinen earlier this year, just before the trade deadline, Frederick Allard got into the lineup and uh, he's more of an AHL guy. When he got sent back down to Laval, GF Wool wouldn't even put him in the lineup right away. So I thought Martin St. Louis was the type of guy that would embrace bringing in all these young players and embrace the opportunity to give them a chance. And it's just, it's bizarre to me that he would be so, I, I want to say resistant to having Sean Farrell in the lineup for that game. If this is supposed to be about, like, I can't think of a reasonable explanation uh, that that you wouldn't put um, Sean Farrell. And it's a good point mentioning Frederick Allard because he was coming from from outside the the organization, um, you know, flying for, just happened to be in in um, well, he was with in Los Angeles and, and and happened to be close by. 
uh, and tossed right into the lineup uh, w- without any kind of, um, you know, much preparation at all. Um, and, and, you know, Marty St. Louis, this is about development. Maybe next season will be a, a little different, but there's going to be a development component as well. Um, and, and good development means, yeah, th- that the player has to have a talent and, uh, and they have to have skill and, and be smart and they need good coaching. But my philosophy, philosophy about development, and I've always said this, is that the greatest contribution to development is opportunity. And, mm-hmm. and, and that goes to the point that you just said, that Marty St. Louis, the reason that he's been good at developing players this year is not necessarily um, you know, the, the special coaching skill he has. It's because he's given players opportunities. And to deny a player opportunity like this or like he wanted to do um, is just not playing the, the development hand that he's, he has played effectively during the season. Um, it's about opportunity and giving, especially when the results are meaningless. Yeah. Uh, Montreal not getting into the playoffs this year. I believe they are mathematically eliminated at this point. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's a bit weird, but uh, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the Caden Primo situation for a bit. Uh, very curious case that he was called up while being in Manitoba and was flown all the way out to Philadelphia. I think credit to Primo. Uh, he had a pretty solid week overall. We, we talked about what he did in Laval and we talked about uh, that he had a, he had an all right game uh, in the NHL as well. A little bit scrambly, but uh, it was interesting that this was, the call up that they made. And I, I don't believe there was any injuries in goal. Uh, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on why Caden Primo was called up and kind of flown out from the middle of uh, Manitoba to Philly to play that game? There had to be a reason. Uh, there had to be um, uh, an underlying reason. It wasn't just to get a look by the end of the season because there were other opportunities that were more convenient to be able to do that. There had to be a specific reason. Um, now, did um, you know you can and you can come up with a reason? We're not saying we know the reason, uh, but they were in Philadelphia. Uh, Carter Hart's, uh, you know, has been talked about as as being available. Um, unfortunately, he had a, a groin injury and didn't make it into that game. Last minute change um, for him not playing, but. Uh, did both general managers want to be looking at if they were formulating a trade? Uh, did they want to look at, uh, you know, were the Flyers interested in Caden Primo? We don't know about that. Why that specific game? Or we know what happened right after, uh, a couple of days after, Jakob Dobas was signed to an ELC. So did, mm-hmm. did their look at, at uh, Caden Primo's potential in the NHL have anything, any bearing on the decision that they were trying to make about signing uh, Jakob Dobas to his ELC. Those are, those are more, pro- I'm, I'm not saying those are the reasons, but, but those reasons are more probable than um, we wanted to get him into a game. And, and Marty's, no one, no one believes Marty's explanation that we picked a date on the calendar and it just happened to be the Philadelphia Flyers, and it just happened to be that that's where he's from. Um, that's not true. It, it, you know, maybe they were trying to do a um, a favor for, you know, it, it could be, a, here's another explanation. You want to do a favor for 
Caden Primo. You want to motivate Caden Primo because you're going to need him in this playoff push. Uh, and if Lavelle makes the playoffs, why we know how important it is for Caden Primo uh, to play in the NHL, and he's got his NHL mask uh, ready to go. Um, uh, why not give him a bit of a mo- motiva- motivation and a boost, uh, knowing that that the Flyers weren't going to be uh, tough competition, and you energize him by giving him an NHL game and then send him back to Laval, uh, and um, and he's played well against uh, in front of his family, and now he goes back to Laval and uh, can help uh, take you to the playoffs. Maybe that's a reasonable explanation, mm-hmm. but it wasn't getting out the dart set uh, and uh, and the calendar and and picking a date. Um, that you know that's just silly. Yeah, I, w- I would speculate here too that this didn't feel like this was at Martin St. Louis' request. This was probably no. coming from management as yes. well. Uh, we do have some audio here uh, from Caden Primo uh, talking about the significance of playing in Philadelphia. Yeah, this is where uh, the dream started for me, so it was uh, pretty surreal. Now, don't blink, you'll miss it, um, because <laughs> he's he's a man of few words. Uh, it's tough to get him to open up in, a, in an interview. Uh, I'm going to play it again because he says a lot here in very few words. Yeah, this is where uh, the dream started for me, so it was uh, pretty surreal. The, where the dream began, yes. Um, he's from that area, and obviously it meant a big deal to him and a big deal to play where um, you know his dad was such a big part of the organization um, and, and being from that area, um, feeling comfortable in, in, in those surroundings. Yes, of course it was, is important to him. It's where the dream began. That, those are important words. Yeah, so I, I kind of believe your explanations as to why he was called out more than I believe Martin St. Louis' explanations, Rick. And uh, yeah, big deal for him. Uh, happy that uh, he got into that game as well. Uh, moving back to Sean Farrell uh, a little bit more. Uh, we we do have a little bit of audio from him. He, w- he was super excited. I mean, mm-hmm. when he was talked to before the game, his quote was, I kind of figured I'd be playing. Uh, that's what I was hearing. And perhaps Farrell was aware of this before Martin St. Louis was aware of this. What do you think? Uh, let, let, let me play that clip for you. Uh, yeah, it was good. I think obviously, um, really excited. Um, dream come true for me to play in the NHL, and um, yeah, it was you know an awesome experience to be around the guys today, and to be able to suit out, suit up with them was was amazing. What was your What was your reaction this morning when Mark told you that you were playing tonight? Were you a bit surprised? Uh, I I kind of figured that uh, I was playing. Uh, that's what I've been hearing. So um, yeah, obviously still super excited and. Um, you know, my, my family and, and some of my friends were able to come out. So it's, it's really special to be able to share that moment with them. So, yes, um, he it was very special. He was very excited. Um, and yes, uh, he had been um, he said it's what I've been hearing, probably in the discussions with with Kent Hughes. Um, and and so he, it wasn't a surprise, but it meant a lot. Uh, because uh, his family was able to be in the building. Uh, his friends from the area were able to be there. Um, he talked about the warm-up lap that he took and, and his, um, his friends uh, uh, being at the glass and, and supporting him. Um, this was a big deal. So why not be excited about that? Um, of course he was going to be in the lineup. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't understand why, why Marty, uh, St. Louis took this as such a, a snub, uh, or, or, you know, invading his territory sort of thing. Um, it, it would have been a, a wonderful moment for everybody. And, and, and for the most part it was, but, but there's a stain on it that, uh, didn't need to be there. Yeah, you can really hear in Farrell's voice there. He was super excited about it. And uh, like, honestly, I, hearing that, I, I'm excited for him that he got to be able to do that as well. Uh, it wasn't in uh, his first game, but in his second game, he, he did manage to get his first ever NHL career goal. Uh, just a little bit over a minute into that one against Florida. And uh, he's going to talk about that a little bit as well. I just saw it uh, slowly trickle in and then the guy started to celebrate. So, um yeah, a really cool moment. Um, I think, you know, something I'll remember for the rest of my life. It almost looked like Gally was even more happy than you were. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think Gally and Jakey probably saw it went in before I did. So uh, I was just reacting based off of them. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was cool to share it with those guys. Uh, let me also play, we have that clip of his rookie lap to continue the theme of excitement here. Uh, yeah, it's just... Not much, honestly. I was just trying not to fall. Um, but, yeah, was, I mean, awesome experience. I think that's that's one of the, the coolest things, have some of my buddies on the glass cheering me on. So, um, yeah, it was a really special moment. So the second clip, clip on his rookie lap, the first one on, on his um, first career NHL goal. Um, and he, you know, he was obviously excited and thrilled. But if you saw the game, if you saw the celebration, um, Gallagher was was uh, beaming more so than than Sean Farrell. Jake Evans was super excited. Uh, his line mates on the play, and and of course when he came to to do the uh, the run the goal run along the bench, uh, the smiles and and everybody was just charged for his his first NHL goal. Um, they 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 all they all were were happy to share in it, and of course. You know, Marty, Marty kind of dismissed that question from Adam earlier um, that we played earlier. Uh, but of course, uh, it energized the team um, in in meaningless games that it was a memorable moment and a, a moment that that Sean Farrell said uh, he'll remember for the rest of his life. Yeah, I thought it was really nice to inject that young energy into the lineup. And uh, personally, I don't think uh, this Canadians team can get enough of that at yeah. this point in the season. <laughs> uh, we also get to hear uh, about uh, some of the excitement from uh, Brendan Gallagher on that uh, Sean Farrell goal. He's, he's a great player, I think. Uh, you know, you make him understand that you're in the lineup. You know, it's, you know, we're relying on you. I think he feels, and, and that's exciting as a player, and took advantage of it. He scored a big goal for us tonight. Uh, obviously, when you can score earlier in a game, it's supposed to give you a little bit of an edge. And, um, you know, I thought he played really good hockey. I think uh, we're excited to have him. We're excited to have him. And, and Gallagher went on to say, you know, we, we told him, uh, you're here to score goals. Now that's your responsibility. <laughs> um, and, and that's what a player wants. That's what they want to be um, uh, given that responsibility and feel a part of the, the team. Gallagher also said it was you know, one of the reasons that we were all so excited for Sean Farrell's goal um, and he said to the reporter, "You may not. This may not mean anything to you, but it. It uh, every time we get a young player and he scores his first career NHL goal, we reflect on our uh, first NHL goals and it brings back wonderful memories. 
And the whole experience is why we get so excited about having a new player and and them, um, and especially a young prospect like that, uh, scoring their their goals. So uh, you know, again, I I think um, um, Marty was trying to be combative with that reporter. I, I can't imagine that he meant much of what he said because uh, it just goes contradictory to to many other things that that he said, and certainly is contradictory to what his players are saying about having Sean Farrell in the lineup. Yeah, nice to see that everyone was uh, just as excited, if not more excited, than Sean Farrell was himself. Uh, nice to hear from uh, Brendan Gallagher there, a leader on this team, a veteran uh, who's been in the league for a long time and being able to rally around the young guy, uh, making his NHL debut and scoring his first goal in his second game. So really appreciated hearing that. And uh, Rick, before we send her off into break here, uh, do you have any final notes that you wanted to touch on? Well, the note is we want to hear from you. Um, the two things that, that we want you to do uh, as you're listening to this podcast is, number one, subscribe. Subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast app. Subscribe on the player. Uh, and then reach out to us and let us know your opinion. What did you think of this whole episode? What do you think about uh, Sean Farrell? And, and uh, what did you see? Um, and uh, are you excited for uh, Laval Rockets' uh, playoff run? So, Reach out to us, uh, send us an email, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com, or text us at the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. So now we're going to take our final break. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
Welcome back to episode 237 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. Also, if you want to reach out to us, we have a 24-hour text line. It's the Rocket Sports text line, and you can reach it at 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. Uh, so nice uh, little segment there uh, talking about uh, Marty, talking about Sean Farrell, talking about Caden Primo. Uh, you know what? The season's coming up to an end here. We're probably going to have a very busy off season. So where can you find what you need to know? Well, you can find it all out from Rocket Sports. Uh, just head over to HabsHockeyReport.com. And weekly, you can find Chris G's Habs notepad. Uh, he will go through anything and everything Habs related on that. Uh, it comes out usually on Mondays, so you're going to want to check that out. Also, head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our All Habs YouTube page. Every Thursday, Amy Johnson releases the Habs Hockey Report. And this week's uh, episode is entitled Martin St. Louis can't be mad about this. Can he <laughs> kind of relates to what we just talked about. Uh, she goes uh, in depth with that. You get the, uh, you get the videos of uh, Martin St. Louis press uh, conference in there as well. So you'll want to check that out, hit that subscribe button. So you never miss a single episode. Also leave a like and a comment. Uh, Amy is great at uh, replying to all the comments uh, that uh, you leave on the videos and if she likes uh, your comment enough, she might even read it on air. So make sure you check that out and uh, interact with Amy on that. Also, make sure you're subscribed to both Rocket Sports podcasts on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, first off, the Press Zone comes out every single Tuesday. That's going to be your inside source for everything Laval Rocket and Habs Prospects. You can check that out at thepresszone.fm. Also, this podcast, The Canadian's Connection, comes out every single Saturday throughout the whole year, even through the summer when uh, some of your favorite radio stations and favorite podcasts stop talking about the Montreal Canadiens. We always have something to talk about, so make sure you hit that subscribe button and check us out at canadiansconnection.fm. So, Rick, I believe we have uh, some things to announce. So you've been talking about this, HabsHockeyReport.com. Yeah, you mentioned a few times, uh, and 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 good tease. Now we know that Habs Hockey Report is uh, Amy Johnson's videos that she does every week. Um, we decided to expand. Um, they're they're really popular, um, and uh, they're they're really informative. They're a short way to get uh, um, news and 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 into some of the the big discussions that happened uh, happen in the week. In, in a very kind of concise way. Um, so we've decided to, to take that Habs Hockey Report brand and expand it and create HabsHockeyReport.com. So if you go to HabsHockeyReport.com, you're going to find all of the regular articles, um, the Chris G's uh, capsule of, of uh, goings-on during the week in, in the notepad. You're going to find our feature articles. You're going to have access to podcasts. You're going to have access to um, the, uh, the, the videos, um, you're going to have access to everything that you, that you used to at, uh, allhabs.net. Uh, why did we make the change? Well, I, I, I mean, we've been at this a long time. Um, I started, uh, with all habs, um, in 2008, um, and creating this platform, uh, to give opportunities to, um, you know, 
knowledgeable hockey minds to share what was on their mind, also to to get experience for young journalists who uh, then use that experience to to move on into the field. Um, and eventually, um, All Habs grew into uh, Rocket Sports Media and all the different facets of of uh, Rocket Sports Media, and we thought that uh, it was a good time uh, for us to to move away from that All Habs brand to to something something a bit bigger, a bit broader, a bit more modern, and and uh, and and we've done that this week. So uh, without any kind of uh, delay, you should be able to go to HabsHockeyReport.com. Uh, Get the content that you're looking for. We're going to put a little, Rocket Sports is going to put a little bit more focus into our multimedia content, our podcasts, our podcasts like this one, like Canadians Connection. Uh, we've been doing podcasts every Saturday afternoon since 2011, and we actually dipped our toe into podcasts in 2010. Uh, so we've been doing this a long, long time. Uh, we know what you like. We 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 love the group of of. Uh, listeners that we have we interact with them all the time we love the questions that they send us for the mailbag and we're going to be um, we're going to be giving that a little bit more attention as well as as the press zone uh, and that wonderful podcast uh, so we've made a little change uh, to to uh, represent better who we are under the rocket sports umbrella um, but uh, uh we're still here. Uh, we're st- and and listen. Um, I should uh, give a shout out to uh, H and L Media, who are going to be taking over the All Habs um, uh, products. Uh, they're going to be doing All Habs on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and have AllHabs.com. Uh, and they're gonna they're going to be doing things in a new and exciting way. And I wish them all the best. Uh, they're a Quebec media group. Uh, it was very important for me that uh, if anybody was going to uh, be the next custodian of, of all Habs, it was going to be a Quebec group. Um, and I think that uh, they'll do they'll they're going to be doing different thing, different things than we do, um, but uh, they'll do be doing a good job uh, as well. Um, I just I the only way that that I can do this and do this over these number of years is, is for our listeners, for our readers, and and with them, and and with your suggestions, and and um, w- w- the way that you uh, like to consume our content. And I've met many of you in person. I've talked to you on the phone, uh, and you help us every single day. And the other part of it is the contributors. And since uh, those early days, since uh, 2008, we've had over 140 uh, contributors. Um, to all the Rocket Sports products, and I thank every one of those, and particularly our current team, um, who has made this transition uh, very easy. You, Michael, who do a great job every week here, uh, and Amy, and Chris, and Cole, and uh, Mike Rashel, and Nathan, um, Sam, um, uh, Patrick, uh, Brian, who does our our fantasy uh, sports, and Gustav, who writes our features, all of the whole team um, makes this a, a really enjoyable experience for me and keeps me wanting to 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 come and talk hockey with with our readers and and with our rocket sports team every single day. So a big thank you uh, to you, Rick, uh, for that, uh, keeping everything going. And uh, big congratulations on the little change there. Very excited to see uh, what we have in store at uh, com. And also, just uh, I'll reiterate this one for our listeners too. Please make sure you are following this podcast 
at Habs Connection. You can find it on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So that's going to be the new spot for you to keep up to date with uh, everything that we do on this podcast. Um, we heard from a lot of you, uh, and and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You, you've you reached out privately to me. You've posted things on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, you posted on our articles, on our, our websites. Um, and, and the messages, the personal messages uh, from our readers, from the hockey community, from scouts, from assistant GMs, from it's, it's, uh, there were some that said, Hey, wait a minute, you're not going anywhere. Are you? And I said, no, no, we're, <laughs> we're staying here, but it means everything to me. Um, as a representative uh, comment, uh, I'm going to read from our dear friend, uh, Dino uh, from the Gatineau area. Um, he writes, hello, dear friends. Um, and, and he's, he's writing in French, but we'll, we'll translate. Uh, hello, dear friends. Thank you, uh, for 15 years of integrated, sincere, and respectful reporting. Thank you for facilitating a friendly and dignified atmosphere. Thank you for including the Canadian supporters and fans in an interactive way. And thank you for not being bought out by the bigger media channels. <laughs> um, we are fiercely independent and, and we'll, we'll remain that way. Thank you for staying true to yourself. Uh, we uh, await the, the new uh, order, Habs Hockey Report. Um, hope you're well. And, uh, and I forget to say, Mr. Jeff Molson owes you a good one. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see if uh, we get congratulations from the owner on that. But thank you, Dino, that... That's very special, and you've been with us forever, uh, and we love your uh, the interactions and the comments and, and the texts that we get from you. Yeah, big thank you uh, to Dino for that. We really appreciate that, and we uh, hope to continue to hear from you as uh, we move along here. Uh, not only was it a busy past week for us uh, to Rocket Sports, but it's going to be a very busy week once again with all the Montreal Canadiens games coming up. Starting on Saturday, April the 1st, uh, Montreal is going to be at home hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. And we do have some predictions this week coming in from our contributors, Sam and Cole. Uh, so I will start things off with Cole's prediction here. He's predicting a 5-2 to two Carolina victory, while Sam is predicting a 3-1 to one Carolina victory. Uh, a couple days later, on April the 4th, Detroit is going to be visiting in Montreal. Cole's predicting a 4-3 to three Detroit win. Sam is predicting the exact same thing, 4-3 to three win for Detroit. Uh, a couple days later, on the 6th of April, Washington comes to Montreal. And Cole is predicting our first Montreal win of the week, 4-2 to two against Washington, while Sam is predicting that Washington is going to win 2-1. to one. So don't blame me. Blame these two for the predictions. If you don't agree, reach out to us and let us know. Are you ready for Pup Drop? Read all our complete previews for every game day at HabsHockeyReport.com. That's going to be a wrap for us today. So thank you all for listening. And uh, please make sure if you have not already hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss a single episode. And if you like what you heard, share it on social media. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, April the 8th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Canadians.